Welcome to the show. This is Eric Wright. I'm the host of the Disco Posse podcast, if you haven't already heard that. Uh, welcome. Today's show is brought to you by my fine friends at Veeam Software. If you aren't protecting your data and protecting your gear, then you're in real trouble. So Veeam are the, the leaders in data protection for, for industries and, and companies around the world. So if you go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse, that's right. I even got my own link. So go to vee.am forward slash Disco Posse. You can actually just download and buy it right there. But more than that, just go there, check it out, uh, see about all of your data protection needs for physical, virtual, and cloud uh, services, including SaaS. Uh, so back that Office 365 goodness up. Because just because it's in the cloud, it's not actually backed up. Anyways, this show is about Chris Dickey. Chris Dickey is the founder and CEO of a platform called Visibly, V-I-S-A-B-L-Y. Uh, they talk about search engine virt- or visibility and, and SEO. Chris and I have a great conversation about the challenges of SEO, SEV, and also just the way that he and his team approach their platform and, and the industry and the problems they need to solve. Chris is just a fantastic fellow. I hope you enjoyed this show as much as I did. And with that, Chris Dickey, take it away. Hey, I'm Chris Dickey. I'm the founder and CEO of Visibly, and we're listening to the Disco Posse podcast. Today, I've got Chris Dickey, who's here to talk about something which, as a content creator, this one really was close to home for me. Uh, when I think about how do we make sure that we can do things and, and be visible, and I thought it was beautiful. When I saw the name of your platform, Chris, it was like, how do I make sure I can do things more visibly? Like, how, you, you nailed it. Uh, <laughs> you've got a really neat background, and you've got a neat platform, so... Let's start with you, uh, you know, uh, Chris, if you want to introduce yourselves and then we're going to talk about what you're, what visibly is solving and can, what led you to, to be able to bring this to the market. Hey, thanks so much. Yeah. So um, Chris Dickey, founder, CEO of Visibly, um, I've been only in this role for about a year. Um, for the last 15 years, I've been a professional marketer, most of, most of that time in um, public relations. Um, I own and operate um, another agency called Purple Orange uh, uh, Brand Communications, and um, we are a boutique uh, PR firm that focuses mostly on outdoor and active lifestyle consumer brands. Um, and you know, over the years, our our goal, as as for all kind of I think content creators and, and PR professionals, is how do we facilitate meaningful connection? How do we how do we get our how do we get our messages out there in a way that actually sticks, right? And how do we connect to the right um, audience and listener, reader, whatever, whoever it might be? Um, it's a tough, it's a tough question. And it's something that, you know, what, what I recognized years ago, a couple of years ago, actually it was 2017. I remember it very clearly the moment. Um, we as an agency won a big award from a major magazine for one of our clients. And it was kind of like the pinnacle award in the Pinnacle magazine in the United States. And um, it was a big deal. And we got this award logo and we, and we promoted it. And um, I checked back with a client, you know, um, a, couple, a couple months later, just on that specific PR placement and how it was performing for that product. And they said, and they kind of hemmed and hawed on the phone. And finally they said, you know, we really haven't sold any. Like we've sold like maybe six. Wow. <laughs> and oh, no. I mean, I mean, at that point, I'm just like, if that, if this is the future of PR, we are screwed. Um, <laughs> because there's, there was literally, this is a major magazine. I won't, I won't name it right now, but um, they just didn't, um, it just didn't connect. It didn't land um, like it, like it should have. And, you know, everything in, in PR uh, 101 says what you do is you go out and you win these awards and you and you leverage these audiences and you get in front of people and you get this third-party endorsement and boom this supposed to do things for you um but what i recognized I, I was just kind of scratching my head and figuring out what's going on here right and um at that point i i just pulled up my computer i typed in um the name of the or like the, the like the product category 2017 and and the actual endorsement from the award that we were that we had won 
was on the second page of search. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. And, and <laughs> exactly. And I think what I, what I realized in that moment was that it didn't matter how big a PR placement we won, how the, who endorsed it, what happened if that article or that mention did not live beyond the flicker of the moment that it was published. And you know, it's like, sure, this, this magazine has a great circulations, you know, and sure, their, their website is, has, has great readership, but if that page is not visible, it does not get in front of the right reader, um, and furthermore, if it isn't showing up, if that endorsement isn't showing up in search where people who really want that product are looking, um, then, then it has very limited value from a PR perspective. And so at that point, we, we really pivoted our work as, a, you know, as an agency around this idea of how do we win more PR at the top of search? And, and I, I started recognizing this is, this, these are the customers that really matter, really move the needle. They're active information seekers. They're people who are, you know, I, I don't think there's any other place in the world where um, you have a platform that delivers like the most specifically in, you know, interested customer in one place. Uh, but what's, what's really challenging is that the, that the real estate that you're competing against is like, it's ungodly hard, right? Like it's like Olympic podium level. Like, you know, so, so the first page of search is pretty much all that matters. There's really no traffic beyond that first page. Um, and within that first page, um, an advertisement does only around a good, a good ad does around 2% of all the traffic on the page, which means that 98% of the traffic, 90% of the 8% of all the people who are looking for that term are clicking somewhere else. Um, and interestingly, around 70% of that traffic is going to land within the first five organic links. First five. So that's the real estate that you're really competing for um, if you want to create any kind of visibility or like product discovery in, in search. And, um, and I just kind of like laid out like why it's so important because these, 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 these PR hits are, are meaningless unless they, unless they get in front of the right people. Um, and so, you know, we looked at that and we, and we realized that PR had a tremendous opportunity in that, in that top echelon. And for a lot of reasons, it makes sense. You know, Google algorithms um, really favor pr uh, companies that um, are content producers, are providing descriptive long form information um, and have, have tremendous backlink. You know, and and so it's just like, how are you going to compete if you're a brand owned website? How are you going to compete against these major media sites that all they do all, all day long is publish high quality content? Um, you're not. <laughs> that's 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 kind of what we realized. And we were doing all these analysis, you know, of, you know, of all these kind of keywords that were very um, kind of most germane to product discovery for our, for our products and, and services or our clients. And um, of course, we're looking for non-branded keywords, um, people who are not brand loyal, people who are looking for a product service benefit, but they're looking for recommendation. Um, and we found it was just jam-packed with PR. And, um, but, you know, PR professionals really had very poor tools to identify and target those hits. Um, and furthermore, what, what we realized, so, so we started kind of reverse engineering this process and, um, we, we came up with these keyword lists and it just sounded like, you know, on a knee jerk, you know, day I just subscribed to Moz and, uh, <laughs> we started, we, and, you know, I realized Moz was not for PR professionals. It was, it was really for people who were trying to build SEO for their own websites and we're trying to build brand visibility for our clients. And so it's a really imperfect fit for what we wanted it for, but it was, you know, we needed something to help us sort through the keywords. Um, so we built, so, you know, so, 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 so we built these keyword lists and then we review them with our clients and then we identify, like, you know, which keywords have the most opportunity for, for PR. And this really gets into search intent, which is kind of interesting. And I've noticed it's kind of a, um, um, a hot topic in 2020 is like, you know, how Google is trying to reward content that matches with the intent of a search, right? And there's a couple types of searches, but really the type that, that, that we're focused on is informational searches, not transactional searches per se. Um, so somebody who's top of funnel um, looking for advice, uh, looking for information, looking for recommendation, um, 
And, you know, that kind of intent lends itself very well to PR. Um, and, and for whatever reason, the, the industry really hasn't, um, I think, latched on to this idea yet. Um, to me, it's so tangible, right? Because um, every keyword has a pretty specific, pretty precise amount of like monthly searches. Um, there's a pretty reliable um, click-through rate depending on where the result is on the page. Um, and you can, you can start to attribute fairly precise audience metrics depending on where you land what PR placement on the first page of search. And so if you're the very first, you know, organic link, you're getting around 30% of all the traffic for that, for that keyword. And if you're the second, you're getting around 18% and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, the so, numbers drop off precipitously, right? Oh, they <laughs> do. Yeah. And by the bottom of the first page, it's like 1%. And then by the time you get to the second page, it's like, there's no point. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Beyond second page, it's the only people that are digging that hard are ones that are angry now. They're like, look, I just need to find this. They're like a raccoon searching for a shiny object on the other side of a knot hole in a tree <laughs> like that's you're you're not the right kind of determined buyer because they're angrily looking for that content at that point yeah i don't know what they're i don't know who clicks on the second page of search it's probably people who are um who knows but anyways it's um what what we've saw or found is that basically if someone doesn't find what they're looking for in their first five organic links they usually change their keyword they don't dig any deeper um, yeah that's interesting and, and it's well, and you've you've already tapped into something that's important for people to understand is that there's this problem technologically of so the press release and the the feature release and announcements and the stuff are really amazing, but they tend to and I've talked to a lot of PR people I I have PR folks on my team at work and and we have this thing like the the perfect press release and God bless Apple for creating it right is this idea of like. <laughs> Product name today announced, you know, whatever, Boston name, you know, like num date and the industry leading blank uh, provide, you know, something that will customer customers will now enjoy this. And like, we have to have this very sort of beautifully formatted press release, which is, I believe, only formatted for other PR people because that is probably the least searchable set. There's no intent there. Like, like you said, this is a huge differentiation, even if you were to sprinkle in, if you're a master of keyword golden ratios and you could sprinkle in a bunch of stuff in there, you'll get a certain amount of grab, but it's not long form content. It doesn't have the intent baked into the content itself. So there's such a, a missed opportunity where people believe like, like you said, like, Hey, we did it. We got this huge announcement. They're going to talk about us. We're going to talk about them. And then, well, you know, you know, PR suffers from, scabbing. yeah, PR suffers from this thing that we call vanity metrics. <laughs> I, didn't, I shouldn't laugh so hard, but I'm like, I know just the pain of like, we're chasing bad numbers. <laughs> oh, they're, they're awful. And you know, the clients know it. And, and I feel like as a, you know, as an agency owner, it's almost, it's almost embarrassing to, um, to, uh, present these numbers to your clients because it's like, Oh, we got to hit on Forbes. That's 24 million uniques. And you know, what's their traffic to their website off of that, off of that link. It's like, if it, it's a, it's a trickle. And if, if that was the case, then that would be the worst performing um, ad ever, you know, That's right. <laughs> 24 million was and only three people click through like, Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> so it's just not true. You know, it's like, um, unique visitors per month measures every single page on an entire domain over the course of 30 days. Um, it gives you absolutely zero information on who saw your content. Um, and you know, search is search changes that because you know exactly the link that's being elevated and you know exactly the search volume that it's, that's like driving that keyword and like where it is on the page. So, so it's just much more tangible. Um, I think the other thing that's kind of worth pointing out here is that for the most valuable keywords, the ones that are really driving the traffic and the ones that um, are, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to capture the most new customers with, um, they're usually out of reach for most brands. Um, yes, and yeah, this is an interesting, I, I'd, I'd love to have you explore this because a lot of people don't understand that, that you're, 
you're fighting with the behemoths for yeah. access to these keywords. Exactly. And so I, I mentioned earlier that those top five positions are really the real estate that you're looking for. Um, and for anything that's over, say, a thousand searches a month, um, it's you're, you're, you're competing against extremely powerful websites and you're essentially asking Google to um, Google's algorithm to say, hey, we're more important than this really huge website. Um, and that's that's a tough that's a tall challenge, right? Um, and and I think I think there's some some companies that um, have done it successfully, and I you know more power to them. And you know if you can elevate your own content, then great. I think the vast majority of companies cannot do it. And no matter how much time and effort and money they pour into it, they're still going to be stuck on the second or third page, um, which has no improvement on their business metrics than being on the, on the 17th page. Um, and I've, I've seen this as, you know, again, as an agency guy, like we've, we started tracking some of our clients' websites. We started putting a lot of energy into some of their content and fixing some problems on their sites. And then next thing, and it's actually slightly um, addictive because you, because you move up the rankings so fast behind That's the scenes. Right. You can make you go from leap and you're like, yeah, all right, we're, you're we're like, on the way. Hey, we were on page 50 and now we're on page 10 in the course of two months. We're really doing our job well. And, um, and even from there, it's like, Oh, now we're on page three. And it's like, who cares? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like, well, and the hard part too is the, so you have to represent your brands and your customers and your clients in a way that, so they internally, this is the, the victimization that we fall to of like, we, we search our own content all the time. Hey, it looks like we're doing good in the ranking. I'm like, mm. no, go, go to incognito mode and try that search again or mm. go to a different browser. Then you realize yeah. like, oh, you've got all sorts of, of magic pixels that are following you around. And so because you've searched for your own company 8,000 times in the last four months, it's of course going to serve your content back to you faster. So we get this sort of false sense of, of hope, not realizing that in the generic search, then the world changes, right? Because you've, you've influenced the outcome of the engine results, which is makes it even tougher. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and that's, and that's how PR or sorry, SEO software can actually cut through a lot of that because there's a third party that's like querying that for you and then checking on your domain's position within it. But, you know, back to that, you know, idea that there's a glass ceiling there for a lot of, a lot of, um, companies that are, that are brand owned. Um, so we did this little analysis visibly. We looked at around, um, 4,500, um, uh, keywords and the the top ten um, results that were showing up for those keywords, and we and we selected keywords based on um, keywords of commercial intent, keywords that had search volumes between a thousand and ten thousand monthly um, searches, and um, keywords that were non branded. And so these are ostensibly keywords that the that people will be highly desirable. They're all people looking for product recommendations online. They all have decent search volumes, um, and they're and they're and they're open to recommendation. They're not they're not brand loyal. Um, and we and we found that the average domain authority of the of the site showing up on that first page was in the nineties. Wow, that's out of like scaled out of 100 and we we did another analysis uh visibly has around 100 million classified domains in our in our system um of what's the average domain authority of a brand owned website and brand owned being like this is your own website you're only you're only promoting and selling your own stuff um and it's it was 35. Oh, oh, the humanity. Oh, and of course, there's some big guys out there. They're doing well. And they're in the you know, 70s, 80s, or 90s. But uh, the fact of the matter is, um, and, then we, and then we had further segmentation. And we said, okay, let's look at e-commerce and look at, um, at, at earned media as a category. And earned media is, is like what I, what, as, as a PR guy, I refer to as like journalism. Um, right. it's, it's, it's media covers that you can't buy. You have to earn it. Um, and so, you know, we looked at earned media, we looked at e-com and of course, predictably both were on average much higher than a brand owned website. The actual brand itself. Yeah, yeah. Which, which kind of circles back to that original idea of 
how do you build brand visibility in search? How do you improve the likelihood that somebody is going to find or discover your product and service using a, using a search query? And that's, that's fundamentally what Visibly is about. And that's kind of what we were getting at as, you know, as an agency is, you know, how do we build these dominant kind of brand strategies on the top of search using PR? Well, it's not just PR. PR is a huge play in it, no question. But another one that I think is really under leveraged and, and there's not much conversation around is like e-commerce. So, you know, Amazon, REI, you know, whatever it might be, like Best Buy, they do really, really well in organic search. I, I don't know why. Um, they probably have a ton of backlinks and they have a ton of content and they're doing all sorts yeah, of there's stuff. Some, the there's scenes. some magic going on under the covers. Well, and just the yeah. fact that they've got affiliates <laughs> who drive their backlinking and and because they've created- A lot of those affiliates though are no follow. That's what I found. Um, ah, good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and because as a PR person, we actually audit all of the follow versus no follow links. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. Like there's there's just there's a ton of backlinking to Amazon yeah. <laughs> regardless. But um, what's what's interesting is that these these say you're looking for a pair of socks and you're looking for I don't know a pair of running socks or something and. And uh, you, you type in best running socks and say Amazon has the third, you know, um, organic link and you click on it and, and it basically drives you to a landing page for running socks. And, right. It just that, basically re-injects that query into their engine exactly. from the landing page. So you, in, you'll find yourself on like a B&H photo and it says there's no results for your search. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, it was horrifying as a consumer and but a lot of people don't know why there. I'm the nerd who knows exactly how I got there. And then I'm like, dang you, <laughs> you've got me again. <laughs> well, well, all of these, well, B-Niche is a great example too. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they receive a lot of organic traffic from search um, and, they, and they convert a lot of people to um, paying customers because they, they curate or merchandise products that, that they think match the search query um, on these landing pages. And again, you know, we're just lazy humans. Like we don't dig super deep. Like somebody provides a recommendation that was in alignment with what we're looking for. And it seems to be the top, top recommendation and the price is right. Boom. We'll buy it, you know? And um, people just don't dig a whole lot deeper. So it's, it's a real opportunity for brands to recognize, hey, we have relationships with all these e-commerce partners and um, they're, they're crushing in all of our target searches. How can we have a new conversation and say, how can we get merchandise on that landing page? How can we, how can we get a product on that landing page so, so, so we can promote product discovery and, 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 that, and that sell through? Um, so there's an opportunity with, 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 with e-commerce here. There's a big opportunity with PR. Um, it's important to recognize for your SEO team what they're up against. And like, you know, I, you know SEOs already recognize that long tail keywords are usually their best bet, but it's, it's kind of sad just to turn your, turn your eye or, you know, to, to the best keywords out there, the ones that are really competitive and really driving the most traffic and most discovery. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, search is a multi-channel sandbox, right? Um, you have advertising, you have PR, you have e-commerce, you have brand owned media, you have other stuff like internet tools and things. And, you know, there's all these ways, essentially like the customer is presented with a, bunch of different answers for a question that they put into the search engine and they get to pick one of them. And so, you know, they, rather than managing all these channels separately or in silos, it's like, why don't we manage them together? So they, so they work synonymously. And so you can build stronger brand visibility strategies across the entire search engine results page. And that's, that's the fundamental idea or concept behind what visibly is, is, you know, as a PR person, what, what I found, and I was shocked by this kind of revelation is that there is no tool or product that will tell you where your content exists in the first page of search. Yeah. It's funny that it's, it's a thing that when you're, when you're close to it, you'd think this, well, I just, maybe I just haven't found it that, but like, that's it. That's there. There is a, a gap there. And I, I often wonder what is it that you think has led us to not chase that in the past? Or is it just the fact that mm. we've been chasing long tail keywords and thinking that that was the way to go or, or like some other, you know, there's, there's other tactics 
you know, I'm always keen how you identify this gap and we're able to recognize that sort of product market fit opportunity. Yeah. I, you know, it was, it goes back to the, that very first thing I said in the conversation is like, how do we connect meaningfully with people who care? And, and I had that moment years ago with that award that we won and, and, and realizing that it wasn't connecting meaningfully with people who are looking for that product or service. And it was an incredible endorsement, right? And so if it had been in one of the first three search results, it would have been a completely different outcome. Um, but it wasn't. So it, it, it completely changed. And so I think what, what Visibly is trying to do is help you identify like who are the writers and like who are the outlets that are being rewarded and how can we build better relationships with them? How can we get them to update their reviews or, or product, you know, wire cutter or whatever it might be? Um, how can you keep a better tab on what's happening in the top of search? Um, and how can you have better, you know, conversations, more, more intelligent um, merchandising conversations with your e-commerce partners and say, hey, here's 25 keywords that we want to be merchandising your landing page for you know period and i think of the the in your the way you describe it is number one the most important thing and i loved how you described it build meaningful connections to you know people that are searching for something or, or potential customers whatever but also the fact that what you're doing is you're closing the gap there's a ton of stuff that maybe like you said can get you from page 50 to page 10 yeah pat yourself in the back kid great that's yes yeah, pretty cool <laughs> however this is the difference between like couch to 5k and going from 5k to olympic 5k so yeah, you absolutely. were closing that gap it's an asymptotic curve of difficulty like yeah, the closer absolutely. you get to that first page it's logarithmic yeah it just <laughs> it just goes up like exponentially. And that's where I, you know, I literally have graph after graph of um, tracking a client's website on Moz and seeing them hit this glass ceiling on the second page of search yeah. and where like we had all this great momentum for the, you know, six to nine months moving from, from like seven to two and then just sitting there at bottom of page two. And, um, it's, it's a bummer, but uh, it's not talked about, which I think is a, it's, it's one of those things. I think most SEOs understand this, but it would it'd probably um, imperil their livelihood to some degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one wants to share the dirty little yeah, secret. Yeah, I was like, well, you know, we'll keep working at it and, you know, keep, keep, keep us on a retainer in the meantime. Um, yeah, well, and you, you talked about the, the, uh, the unfortunate challenge of vanity metrics. And we all, everybody needs to have something that's going up and to the right. And, we get the things that we talk about, share a voice and all these sort of very huggy, fuzzy, you know, like they're feel good metrics that you can get and you mm -hmm. can see. And I often tell we, I had a PR firm that I was working with for something and they're like, yeah, we can show that you're, you're getting share of voice. I'm like, all right, let's change it. Right. Let, let me show relative to these four competitors. And I kept sort of changing. And it wasn't because I'm like, I'm not trying to be an, an asshat about it. I'm just literally trying to test like, what's the, how do you measure? Because they were, the more competitors I gave them, the more they had to dig because they realized once you widen the, the visibility, you're, you're loosening up the amount of high value returns you're getting. Right. And, and then I'd say, okay, cool. We got, you know, 80% of share of voice on this, whatever. I said, we need to get to 95. And I gave them three days and they came back and they with 95, right? If you, you can juke the stats, like you can start oh, to totally. change the, so share of voice is such a, a virtual metric. And I look, I don't fault the people for like, this is what the industry seems to want. They yep. want happiness in metrics. They want stuff that always well, goes up. And they down want right. success stories and, and they want to, they want to, you know, I think marketing is tough. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm a marketer. I understand like we're throwing spaghetti against the wall all day and figuring out what sticks. I mean, that's the, that's the basis of AB testing, right? right. Um, we just don't know. Um, and, you know, there are, a lot of great ideas out there that don't stick or are under executed on. Um, and I think, you know, digging into the metrics 
I find really fun personally. I think some people find it like there's, there's two kinds of marketers, I think. And there's sometimes they like, they coexist in the same person, but you have like the creative brand people who are just like you, if you subscribe to ad age or something, it's like incredible. Like what they <laughs> yes, do is right. so rad. Yeah. Um, and, but then you have the people who are just, um, like overly quantitative and just focus on the numbers and just tweaking like the smallest things. I think when you bring those two ideas, the, those, those two kind of left and right brains together in marketing, it's really special. When this really, what, what it brings the importance to the way that you're tackling this problem is that you can, I've always talked to people like, look, you don't want to be good at this. Because if you are, you got a business by itself there, right? Like marketers need to build their voice, their messaging, their competitive differentiation. They're, like there's so much that is high valued stuff that needs to be done inside that team. And digital marketing needs to build creative ads, creative engagement, follow on nurture streams. Like that's the stuff that you should be really good at. You shouldn't have someone who's dedicated just to chasing this down. Like we, we have like SEO is often kind of like the lost, the lost orphan amongst the digital team because it's a, it's a long, you know, it's a long battle and, and you just, you know, you know, I think you're alluding to something that I, I feel deeply with, with, you know, being a PR channel marketer is like the degree of how siloed the professional marketing you know, field is right now. It's like you have like, as a PR team, we'd never talk to the creative team, like or like the ad team. <laughs> it's scary, isn't it? <laughs> right, and like we we never talk to the SEOs, and you know sometimes like some PR kind of like crosses into content, and content crosses into SEO. But like again, like you know, um, we're really not talking to each other very well, and we're we're managing our own pieces totally siloed. Um, and same thing with SEM, like, you know, search engine marketing and, and, and advertising, like those guys are straight up analytics, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like straight up AB testing and, and just watching the spreadsheets. Um, and, you know, one thing that we recognized um, visibly is like, if you're crushing it in the organic search results, do you need to be advertising for that? Because I said at the <laughs> beginning, right. at the, you know, like, but there's no way to know you're crushing because like there's, because that tool doesn't exist. Right. So that's hopefully what visibly can provide some people with is, is an idea of like, Oh, like, like seven out of the 10 of these organic results is saying buy our stuff. Um, this is, this is commanding 80% of all of the traffic on the page. Do we need to be like, can, maybe we can take our, you know, take our SEM budget and allocate it somewhere where we have lower brand visibility. Yeah. Which if I think of like, if you're, you know, if, if it's, it's like the bowling alley, like it, look, if you, if you keep firing it straight down the middle and you got a seven, 10 split, whatever, like don't keep doing what you're really good at. Cause there's, there's edge, there's outlier stuff, but yeah. then what's the value in chasing the outlier or do you move then to the next? Well, you got to test it. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe throwing all of your money at, at, at the same customer over and over again is like the right way to do it. And, and that, that certainly could be the case. Um, or you can say, you know, we're going to, we're going to try reaching some new people here with this, well, you know, with the same budget and we're going to have our PR team work on some pieces and we're going to have our, you know, our e-commerce fix some things and we're just going to have a, a much greater search presence. I think, I think that, you know, what's, 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 what I realize as a PR person. So all day, what we do is we essentially leverage other people's audiences for our own sake. Right? It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's out there to be had, right? But it's, I mean, if you know where to great. go get it, right? It's, it's, it's third party endorsement, right? It's like, yeah. how do you get someone else to talk about your stuff and then, and then, and then distribute it through their channels. And um, I think third party endorsement will always be a very valuable thing, but the way that PR needs to recognize that, like, I see Google as a publisher, you know, personally, right. you know, I, I see them as like, Hey, they are bringing us audience and they're publishing content essentially, you know, and they, and they have, and they're, and they're ranking their content as well. You know? Yeah. Well, that's what's, <laughs> this is the interesting thing. And uh, look, I, I'll speak solely on my own behalf on this one, right? When you're going to the publisher and that publisher is makes revenue off of competing against you 
in your own ranking mm. from your competitors. And I see, so a great example of this was uh, the folks from a company called Basecamp, uh, David Hannemeyer Hansen and Jason Fried. And they kind of are very anti-large you know, establishment. And the one thing they, they aggressively had to go after Google as an example on was that if you search for Basecamp, you got, you were on page two before you got there. And they literally paid to be ranked, but they were ranked below Google's own products and they ranked other companies mm. above them for paying more. And they, so their battle in this case, and again, that's why I'm putting it on me. I don't want to drag you into my, into an anti-Google rant, but no, that's interesting. what it was, was they said, is there a legal recourse? for you the same way as like cyber squatting or whatever. Can, can a company be cyber squatting your front page search result? When, oh, yeah. Especially when that's the company that's selling the spot and they can effectively buy it from themselves where they were in that case, they actually were ranking their own G Suite tools and, and other products. So uh, there's a real conundrum of like, first of all, you're if I'm really and this good, was, and this was for advertising, because because ostensibly you can't buy organic search, ostensibly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you can buy is a lot of bots who maybe can generate enough content, but like there's I no. Think Google, there I think no Google's way. onto that by now. They figured it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's and I, this is an interesting thing where now we've got marketing teams and all these people are going to be fighting that battle, and it takes them off of what you're bringing to like, this isn't the problem you need to solve. Like this is where I love, that's why I, lo I love what Visibly is trying to attack because it's a huge gap and it's one that is so valuable. And for, you know, like I said, content creators and brands, boy, oh boy, there is such a siloed thing internally. And just, it's like DevOps for, for brand, right? The well, you ability know, to cross these teams and bring them together. You know, it's a really important thing to recognize is that when it comes to product discovery, it doesn't matter how somebody finds your brand so long as they find it. Right. And I think that there's this overemphasis personally on, on hey, it's got to be our website. Like we've got it. We've got to, people have got to find our website. And I'm like, hey guys, there's all this low hanging fruit in search and okay. you're not focusing on it and you could just immediately improve your your brand's position on the page and frankly it's more authentic to have someone else recommending your stuff than like you recommending your own stuff um so you know i it, it is like that's why i kind of like have coalesced around this term visibility because it's just like hey let's get away from the focus on the singular focus on your website, the single singular focus on your advertising. It's like just recognize it's all part, it all plays a part in getting getting in front of the customer. And so does your PR and so does your e-com and, and so does anything else. And so, you know, search isn't everything, but certainly like, hey, we're we're in the middle of a pandemic. People can't go outside and can't go to the retail, you know, can't go to their like local right. store as much. And you know, the, the internet provides a great gateway to basically ask any question and get an answer. Um, and, you know, the numbers don't lie. It's like there are over 4 billion searches a day on Google. And I think that breaks down to like, like 76,000 a second or something. And yeah, this is, it's disheartening. If you look at the numbers, an, an interesting one that to talk about the importance of these brands recognizing the value of search, you know, we get the thing, you know, you go to a physical store, and the first thing you do when you're there, or a lot of what a lot of folks do is they like bust out their mobile and they check Amazon, right? For the, they're literally in a Walmart or Target or whatever. They're mm. already in one of the most big box names in the, in the industry. Mm. And then they're searching the competitor right from the shelf. And Amazon themselves was an interesting one. A few years ago, they registered a patent for doing a captive portal to catch and redirect search results when in a physical proximity to a network. Well, why hmm. would they do that? They said, well, it doesn't make sense. Why would Amazon do that? They don't have physical stores. Hmm. Well, maybe they do, right? Like Whole Foods and they do have hmm. Amazon stores now. So they then have the potential to sell that as a service. And why is that important? Because they've recognized that that is the search will define the customer becoming a customer instead of just becoming of a, a searcher. And that's the connection that you're highlighting, right? It's like, however you get them there, yeah. get them your bloody brand, get them the product totally. and, yeah. and that's it.
you know, and it's, we're in a, like capture the customer, get them in the funnel period. You know, it's like, how do you, how do you get them in the funnel? You know? And I think, I think as PR professionals, that's, you know, how do you build top of mind awareness, you know, and we, we're like a, we're a specialty agency um, at Purple Orange and um, we work with a lot of, I would say small, medium sized business, you know, we don't have any clients that are over a hundred million in revenue a year. Um, All of our clients are really probably between 10 and a hundred, which means that they're kind of like, trying to break out of like their little niche and, and and like hit a mainstream stride and i feel like once you hit 100 million people at that point like there's like this magic that happens people are like oh yeah I've, I've i've heard you got about you guys but before then it's like oh who are they again and <laughs> and you know um you you recognize as a marketer when you're working with these small medium-sized businesses like how important multi-channel marketing really is um, well, it, and it just to, to carry on to that, this is the neat thing, Chris, it, like, there's a great uh, uh, fellow named Jeb Blunt, uh, B-L-O-U-N-T. He does a, a couple of different great sales books and, and one of them is called Fanatical Prospecting. And they've actually done some data scope, like you know, snooping to sort of measure how brand awareness influences the, the path from prospect to customer. And they talk about at the top, it's like still one to three touches to engage an active customer. Like even to stay mm. engaged with somebody who already knows you, who you are and they own your bloody product. They yeah. still use up to keep re- repeatedly touching them to totally. upsell or do other things. And at the bottom of that prospecting funnel, before they're in the funnel, it's 20 to 50 times to engage a cold prospect who does not know you or your brand. And this the challenge of going through all of these things, it was like, and he actually stages very scientifically through their data, you know, cold and in the buying window, cold, you know, warm and in the buying window, warm and not Mm -hmm. in the buying. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's tough. Right. And like you said, it's, you have to get in, get your product in front of people indirectly, directly, however you do it. Yeah. That, that visibility, that, that just, recognizing so that it becomes familiar and that becomes that familiarity will then drive you to add it to your search. Totally. So instead of just like, I'm looking for, you know, sandals, I say sandals, Crocs, sandals, joy bees, right. Or whatever, like you start to, or you're you're that much more likely to accept the recommendation of a, of a brand that you're familiar familiarity. Yeah. Cause so like, even if you start with an on-brand search and you end up and it's like, Hey, um, our top choice is Crocs, you know, like, Oh yeah, click. I, I know that brand. I, there's some equity there. Um, okay. We'll make that buying decision. Yeah, the and it was funny. I even searched for I had I bought a microphone stand because I'm a audio nerd, and then I never thought to myself, read the bloody instructions. It says right on the right in the thing, does not you know additional parts required for desk notes. <laughs> and so I'm like, ah oh, man. So what do I do? I go to the company to their own website to look for this part. I'm like, ah, oh, it says it's in euros. I'm like, there's no way I'm gonna. I have no idea where this is coming from, but it sure isn't in North America. So now what do I do? I go to broad search. I go to Amazon first. They don't have it. I go to, to you know, general search. And what do I do? I look for a familiar brand that I would trust having seen them enough, not even having bought from them, but having seen the name come up in other searches for gear. So that was it. Familiarity drove me to go into a company that's not even nearby. They're on the West coast, but, I saw them enough and I, I was felt they were honest in how they presented their content and their product line. They got my 70 bucks and, and it's going to take a couple extra days than maybe if I'd gone to another company that's closer, but it was like, it was in page one. I recognized the name and it had a product that I needed mm. the three peat right there. It was. And, and yep. Yep. It, if I had to go to page two, I'd have proudly tapped out. I, I would just said, right. damn it, I'll go, I'll border from the one that's shipping from Germany. Fine, I'll give in. <laughs> I, I, I think that is, I think that is ex- incredibly typical. Um, yeah, and I, I think that is, I think that typifies most of the buying process and mo- most of that customer life cycle process is like, um, you, 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 you quickly make a decision whether this is right for you or not. That's why you, some pages have such high bounce rates, right? So it's like they people navigate to them because they 
its position as well and then immediately bounce you know um and yeah it, yeah anyway <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> and it really the and what you're doing through like the platform approach is you're unlocking the basics of behavioral psychology right which is we as humans are creating content and creating product pages and product focused stuff we're fighting like i tell people i said what's the best book you can get for tech i'm like how about thinking fast and slow learn about heuristics learn about mm. how people understand and and make those decisions around to engage because it's it's the heuristics are are present in other places and the beauty of what you're able to tackle is by using heuristics and taking an algorithmic approach and having this broad audience so that I don't have to go searching and digging for all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Then well, you become my, you become my, my coach for what I need to achieve in, in that piece. Something that we found that was really important to making a, pro a platform like Visibly work was not only recognizing where branded content lived within the search, but segmenting the results, but in aligning those segmenting with, with common marketing channels. And, and what I recognized was just to, just to understand where your brand was in, in a search result was not enough because it's like such a goopy mess of like results that don't, you know, that whose responsibility is what, you know, back to those like silos. And, you know, when we could kind of cleanly extract the PR opportunities or cleanly extract the advertising, you know, footprint or cleanly extract the e-commerce opportunities, then it became actionable. And you could actually see these SERPs for what they were. And you could really understand how the search engine was like interpreting intent. Um, and it was, it just became really interesting. And, and again, like, like the whole Eureka moment was just us doing this as an agency, trying to like, create more valuable PR hits for our clients and then realizing that there's a huge world here that is super under leveraged. And I can, and again, like marketing is so sophisticated. It's kind of, it still shocks me to think that like, there's no <laughs> tension on a brand's footprint on the, you know, with an a given keyword, you know, like if, it, if it's not their website and it's not, and it's not an ad, the rest of the the rest of the search results are just opaque. There's no tracking. There's no recognition. That and um, anyways, I, I I think we're providing something that's pretty basic and and hopefully <laughs> it's, one, think, it's one of the most underserved things that you've. So you've the, what you said there is very important. You live and experience this problem, and you took the made the choice to attack that problem, and you are your own customer, which is. Mm -hmm the yeah. definer of any successful platform or startup hands down right well if we incubated are, this for years because you need it and you've you've effectively market tested it and now you can then take that to a broader audience which is I hope really so. great yeah you know? yeah thank you yeah i mean we're in, we're, in, we're we're in early beta um we're actually trying to launch our beta this week um and so uh by the time this podcast comes out we'll be be live it's free nice. um there's no there's no there's there's actually zero credit card involved in the you know anywhere on the site right now so you can just show up um and check it out let us know Get what you think um, it's <laughs> v-i-s-a-b-l-y.com visibly um, we kind of changed the spelling a little bit but v-i-s-a-b-l-y yeah well the, so i want to go to how you got into pr to start with you you are very in the way that you describe things you're very you're, you're very thoughtful in the way hmm. you seem very measured you what, what's your background that led you even to starting your own pr firm that's a, it's a great it's a great question um, i appreciate that it's so so i worked as an in-house marketer and as and i and i also worked in publishing um and what I what I really loved about PR as an internet, so I was with, I was with this young brand, and I was I was I was, I was a very young guy, and um, we I was the marketing director for this company, and we were bringing some products to market, and we had just no budget, and I was just like, what do we do? Like, what if Men's Journal wrote about us? That'd be cool. Like, I, I didn't even know that was called PR. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, and then and then I was like, you know, like, how do we do that? Like, I don't know, like. You know, I'm gonna get in a car 
and I'm going to drive down to New York City, and I'm just going to, like, see if they'll meet with me. And, you know, like, this is a really common PR tactic. Like, it's called yeah. a death side meeting. And um, at the time, I had no idea. Like, I didn't, I did, I, and I knew that, like, hiring an agency was outside of our budget. So I was just like, you know, I'm going to throw some, some, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw some gear in my car. And just, I called up the guy, and I was like, he's like, he's like oh, yeah, sure. Uh, come on in. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat. And the next thing you know, they gave us, like, a gear of the year award or something. And, um, nice. and that was, like, this moment where I was like, man, this is rad. You know, <laughs> well, it's the it, so the interesting thing is the experimentation aspect, and this is I think where again it, it comes out very clearly in the way you describe both what you your platform what the visibly is is looking to attack and solve, as well as what led you to create that was like let's try it, let's measure it, mm-hmm. see the outcome, and also recognizing the kind of I don't want to, I don't know how to describe it. I don't want to say like the, the, it's the strangeness of the industry. And you're like, it almost feels like it shouldn't work. Yeah. But yet it does. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I, I sometimes, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, touting my own, you know, thing here, but like, like sometimes the, the, the simplest ideas that are right in front of you and no one else sees or can be really powerful. Um, and you're, and I think I've always thought of like, how did no one ever think of that before? And I think, I think visibly might be one of those things. And I guess, I guess time will tell, but um, yeah, we you're right. Humans, we, we chase, we just, we love complexity. We love being the arbiters of, well, they dig deeper and deeper. <laughs> and, and that's why like SEO is actually like really like, it's a huge industry, right? It's like, there's like $10 billion just in the SEO SaaS industry alone. And um, you know, PR is also like, like the SaaS industry behind PR, like these like huge platforms like Meltwater, Incision and whatever they might be, um, Talkwalker, all these like ma- massive listening platforms. So visibly really does two things in my, in my mind. Mind. It's a listening platform. We 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 identify, measure, and track brand content and search. Um, so that's and then what do you do with that content? Well, um, you you build lists. So 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 we're also a list builder. So we we're basically using the search results. We're extracting clean lists out of them using our segmentation, um, and then then. Basically, these teams, these these multi-channel teams, whether you're e-commerce or PR or SEO or whatever, has has a list of exactly who they need to talk to to fix the position within the search result or build better relationships in the future. Um, and once you can audit your brand presence across like all these keywords that matter to you, you just start to what what really pops out are your blind spots. It's not necessarily like where you're doing well, but like what like what are you missing? You know, yeah. and that's actually the most interesting piece. And that's the piece that I think gets me, me most excited. Cause it's like, there's a lot of blind spots that you can actually probably fix fairly easily um, if you knew that they existed. Yeah, the, this becomes the, again, same thing. It's like, we, we search ourselves for familiarity. We want to just like, like I, I think this worked in the past. Let's look what the industry's done. Let's map what the industry done. Like I joke about the, the apple pr like i read every press release that i have to create i like i i literally just go and i take an old apple press release from the iphone or from something spectacular and i just change the words and people are like this was great i'm like no it's not this is fake you know but i know this worked once and so when everything we do is often born of a partial success not even for ourselves sometimes and so we carry this familiarity through what we do. But like you said, there's, there's, there could be this little tweak, this little, and it, someone new comes to the team and they like, hey, why don't we, have you ever tried just maybe just call the guy from Men's Journal? Maybe we, maybe we can write about us. <laughs> like, that's, that's crazy. Why no one, you can't just call the guy up. Well, turns out you can. Turns yeah. out you can, right? So, and, and if we can, uncovered those little you know opportunities through platforms that are built based on broadness of data like the larger the data set the better access you have to those opportunities it's uh, i that's why i'm excited about anything we can do that takes because this is it this is data ad infinitum right we have so much data that's out there 
but it's not information, it's data. And you've got to take it and turn it into meaningful information, mm-hmm. which can drive meaningful decisions, which really, in the end, what matters, it drives meaningful connections to customers yep. and future customers, right? Marketers have always been trying to match their message to the right customer. And I, at this point, I firmly believe that search is the best way to do that. You know, there's some really powerful ad tech that tries to like watch all your browsing habits and crank all your, you know, cookies and like put you into a bucket and say, this person's going to like this kind of ad, but you know, it's still, it's a shot in the dark and, and, and it's still just, um, you don't know if that person's even interested in buying a new grill, you know, (laughs) it's like, maybe they, like, maybe, maybe they really like their grill, even though they fit all your, all your, um, characteristics of somebody who would like a new grill. Um, the thing is that anyone looking for like a grill on search is looking for a grill. (laughs) (laughs) Now the, and, so it taps into the, the brand awareness and the multiple touches and why, what, when you either know or you search. It is very simple and very few people know. And if they already know, you're not selling to them. It's very yeah. hard to create awareness in somebody who thinks they're, they know. They're and already in the funnel. Yeah. They, they, they've created their own like they've put their blinders on. They're like, no, I'm a Traeger guy. I don't want to look at the Weber ads, right? I, yeah. I, and it's, you're either a green egg or Kamado Joe or, sorry, it's, I know an unfortunate amount about grills, right? So I've already made the decision that I'm not going to do a search. I'm going to go first to the Kamado Joe website because I'm a fan totally. of their brand. So I'm, I'm not searching, shoes. right? I'm yeah. not going to buy this other, I'm not, I'm not interested. Like I, I found someone that I like and my feet are specific and That's I'm going to keep using those. So it's, but it, you're not looking to rediscover that you, there is a portion of like continuously getting in front of that, that person. However, but there are people who are looking for recommendation, you know, right. and that's, I think that's the important thing. So. And, and search is the, the way, and like you said, just look at the numbers people are doing yeah. it. People look for this, yeah. this stuff all the time. And yeah. if you're not out there putting it from, and I, I came from the early days of web, which was literally creating like the meta keyword section of your website and just filling it with garbage, just so you would get caught by the, by the search engines. And then it was, you know, people trying to do backlink voodoo, right? Which is kind of a lot of people are doing that right now. Software companies, especially they write about their partners and even about some of their competitors and then they're pushing people to say like, hey, look, I'll give you, I'll give you 25 bucks. Just put this link on your site, right? Just to create these artificial backlinks. And you're like, oh, this is so shady. <laughs> oh, it's so shady. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Google actually penalizes sites like that now. And they, I don't know how they sniff them out, but they do. Um, and, you know, if you have a follow link from a site that sells backlinks, it's, it actually is a ding. You're in trouble. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it'll, it'll, it'll reduce your page rank rather than increase it. Now looking to, you know, what's coming up. I, I just love to get your thoughts. Big stuff is happening as we record this, right? We've got COVID that's occurred. We've got incredible civil unrest and difficulty societally that's happening right now. That really, really can, that's got to change the way anybody should like stop and look at what they do. Like, cause it's, well, it will fundamentally change behaviors of platforms and search and, and, mm-hmm. and out. So there's so much that, and this is why I remind people, don't be good at this. Be good at finding somebody who's good at this. Hmm. Like this isn't the battle that this isn't the hill you want to die on as a, as a company, you know, Focus on brand, creating your brand, go, go to visibly your, you know, look, that's, that's why. I, and I, it's very simple. Yeah, to me. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't appreciate want to be in the business you. of getting good at this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I appreciate you bringing that up. I mean, I think, I think the black lives matter movement is, is incredibly germane and important. Um, you know, I, it's, it's crazy what we're grappling with right now with between pandemic and um, social justice. Um, I think, you know, I, I can speak better to the pandemic, but the pandemic 
you know, what it, what it's forced us to do is change our habits, um, especially around digital communication and digital connection. And, um, my brother is a behavioral psychologist and, and, and he'll tell you that there is so much research out there that says it takes about six weeks of, of, of repetitive behavior to change, to permanently add a new behavior. Right. And um, the pandemic basically forced that upon us, right? Um, it forced a lot of changes of behavior because we had no choice. We, we were either on lockdown or we were too scared to walk outside our houses. And so we, we changed, you know, I, you know, like subscription box culture was already happening. And now I'm sure it's like... Like, like I, now I'm ordering all my coffee through the mail, you know, it'll go. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, and that, that in itself in the same way, and the way, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put the connection to you and more so you don't have to, right? Yeah. What am I going to do? What if I want to find a new co- a coffee brand? I ordered mine through a subscription. I never ordered a subscription. I hate subscriptions. I, the worst thing, because I, I know that I just, they, they, they tick up. Next thing you get 17 subscriptions, you don't know what they're, what they're from and what you're spending because each one is a little <laughs> it's nominal like, amount. It's, it's like, it's like SaaS products. It's like, like you look at your, look at your credit <laughs> card statement and you're like, where did all these like $17 charges come from? <laughs> that's it. That's it. I'm, I look at it like a streaming platform and I'm like, now, I've like I, now I've got three streaming platforms that I've had to subscribe to all of them to then fight it out as to which ones though and I'm like I'm gonna forget to unsubscribe from one of these goofy things. Oh, the, but, oh they're oh they're betting on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the reason why I say this is like you what's gonna drive me to make a choice about how I do things today based on what's occurred over the past few weeks my behaviors fundamentally changed and I will now go to look for new brands through search. I want to look for yeah. coffee near me, right? I'm going to look for I think, stuff that's recommended. I'm going to look for stuff like that is, it's even more paramount to the success. The pandemic of has just exacerbated some existing trends, right? Like, yeah. like the rise of streaming movies and videos. Like it's really interesting to me that like, um, Hollywood is going straight to streaming. Like they're skipping the movie theaters and they're going That's straight right. to streaming. You know, and that was probably inevitable, right? Like it was probably going to happen at some point, um, but the pandemic forced it. And um, I think work from home was probably also inevitable in a society that's as digitally connected as, as ours. But the pandemic all of a sudden like made it happen. And now like, I don't know how many workforces will say you have to come to work as, as long as you're being productive, like we don't right. care, you know? And so there's a lot of these things, I think a big one locally, which I think um, I've heard about from a lot of my friends and family and I haven't tried it yet, but you know, is uh, curbside delivery for um, uh, groceries. It's like, yeah, you just yeah. Go online and you can pay like a little surcharge and they'll just, you just, they'll just bring your groceries out in a bag. And everyone's like, that's amazing. Why, why didn't I do this before? <laughs> <laughs> it, if I, I bet you if you look, this stuff probably before mass transit, before like we used to get milk, and I say we, like my previous generations, my parents, whatever, used to get curbside delivery of milk, meat, stuff, and it was yeah, that we true. would we would do the Schneider's meat order. So like twice a year, you'd get this monstrous truck would drive up, fill your freezer full of goodies, and because we didn't have you know like he didn't drive to the store all the time i think this is a great reset in a way like this is not the way that i wanted to achieve a societal reset but i think it's it gave us an opportunity to be mindful about what matters and and i think it's it is a it's a beautiful opportunity if we take it and look look, let's find what we can that's good out of the challenges that we've all bumped into recently and again so as companies look to, you know, to think about branding, this is why. So like you said, we will be, you'll be live by the time people listen to this, which is exciting. So congratulations on that coming out of, out of beta going to, going to live, which is really, really cool. It must be that fun sort of nerve wracking thing. And, and oh, the work totally just got, got bigger. <laughs> like I know, I know all of the things that aren't per- quite perfect and we're working on them, but at some point you just have to say, okay, like 
it's good enough. We're going to, we're going to throw it out there. We're not charging you for it. So, you know, feel free to give us feedback, but don't be too harsh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so it's funny. There's a, a, a cyclist his name is Phil Guyman. He was a pro cyclist uh, from the U S and, and he's his, my favorite line from him. He says, uh, you don't go to the start line cause you're ready. You go to the start line because it's time. Yeah, I think that's absolutely <laughs> right. I think that's, I love that quote. I'm going to, I'm going to reuse that. <laughs> and it, it, this is it. Well, Chris, this has been fantastic. I've appreciated you taking the time. So for folks who want to get uh, familiar with you, where can they find you online? Of course, they can go to Visibly. So it's V-I-S-A-B-L-Y.com. I'll have links in the show notes. Um, but sure. where can they reach you? Uh, you got social media presence and such that you want to share. Yeah, you know, I, I probably, my, my LinkedIn is the best. And I'm at Chris Dickey. You'll, you'll, there's probably a few of me out there, but um, I'm the guy behind Visibly and also Purple Orange Public Relations. Yeah, it's funny. I'll, I'll I'll link out to Purple Orange as well, and and I, I love the uh, uh, I love the the branding there. So uh, it, this is cool. Anything we can do to kind of raise raise your voice and thank you. This is this is good. Well, I will be a consumer of your your product. So uh, 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 if it was a subscription, I'd be that guy who signs up for a subscription and probably forgets to unsign. Oh so. man. <laughs> We'll take your money. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't mean to say it that way, but yeah. No, we we're um, we're hoping to roll out um, um, a pro version of Visibly this fall. Um, it's gonna. So right now, the the tool that we have is really a research tool. It allows you to do one 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 keyword and one crowd and one cross analysis term at a time. And essentially, we 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 pull that surf up and we cross analysis the entire every single link on the page, looking for a term. You know, we and we, we go deeper than just the links. We actually go into the page content throughout the entire surf and, and look for mentions of your of your content. Um, That's good. And That's it's good. it's a it's a pretty neat little tool. Um, but you know what we'll roll out with the pro version is um, people will people. We'll be able to build these campaigns and they'll be able to track hundreds if not thousands of keywords and and really look at it from like a big uh perspective of how well is my brand being represented across all these channels build some massive media lists that way um look at like brand health look at all this stuff so it'll be really neat and uh and uh, for the advice for folks when in doubt just call the call the fellow up at Men's Journal and maybe you get a shot at it. But uh, for those who aren't willing to take the drive to New York and get that desk side meeting, uh, go to Visibly and, and and see there. So thanks, Chris. I uh, congratulations again on on going live. I look forward to being a part of the part of your feedback uh, customer team, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to what's coming next. We'll catch up again too, maybe further into the fall when you're getting ready to kind of do the, the next piece of the launch and expand some more. I'd love to, to get caught up, hear how this, this part. And I think that's important too, for the reason why I love these stories is people who listen here are building their own products and they're looking for like, how did you make it through that phase? So I love to hear what that early phase was like and how you move through this iteration into the, the kind of next phase and build of the company. Well, I'd be honored to be back. Thank you. Good stuff.